bless your name, Jesus. Bless your name, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. There's a song that says, I love you. I love you. I love you, Lord, today. Because you care for me in such a special way. That's why I praise you. I lift you up. I magnify your name. That's why my heart is filled with praise. Very simple song. I love you, Lord. I love you. I love you. I love you, Lord, today. Because you care for me in such a special way. That's why I praise you. I lift you up. I magnify your name. That's why my heart is filled with praise. I love you, Lord. I love you. I love you. I love you, Lord, today. Because you cared for me in such a special way. That's why I praise you. I lift you up. I magnify your name. That's why my heart is filled with praise. My heart, my heart, my mind, my soul belongs to you. You paid the price. You paid the price for me way back, way back on Calvary. That's why I praise you. I lift you up. I magnify your name. That's why my heart is filled with praise. My heart, my mind, my heart. My mind, my soul belongs to you. You paid the price for me. Way back on Calvary, that's why I praise you. I lift you up, I magnify your name. That's why my heart is filled with praise. I want to welcome you to Inside the Pages presented by the Cornerstone of Grace, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m. Wednesday Bible study at 7 p.m. You can catch us online, you know, on Wednesdays. And certainly you can ask questions uh, during that time. We uh, welcome you to ask questions. You know, I had a great question that was just asked to me. Um, and that was, is God a person or is he a spirit? And they asked to have that explained to them, you know, and, and I, I had to answer that, you know, 
if you look at yourself, because we were creating his image and we're not going to go into the whole theology of that this morning, but you are body, soul, and spirit. We are a manifest a manifestation image. We created in the image of God and, and their characteristics. And as I said, we're not going to spend a lot of time in that, but I want to get to the core. And that is at the core of every person, there is a spirit. There's a spirit at the core of every individual. And the spirit is housed within the soul. And the soul is housed within the body. And so if you hear me or others make the statement of the trichotomy of man, we're talking about body, soul, and spirit. Now, God himself is a spirit. And the Bible tells us that we worship him in spirit and in truth. That, um, that there in itself goes into another area of depth because when we come into the house of God, even as we are at this moment, uh, that when we come into the house of God, it is about us worshiping him in spirit. So if you come into the house of God and you want to put flesh on parade, that is, I don't care how spiritual it might seem, how uh, charismatic it might seem, how many times they might say, come on and give God some praise and want you to yeah, somebody ought to get up and dance and you ought to spin around 30,000 times and, and run down the aisle at 50 miles an hour. And God's got no, listen, the Bible said he's looking for those that worship him in spirit and in truth. So if you worship in him in spirit and in what? You worship in him in spirit and in truth. Don't nobody have to tell you to do uh, anything that is going to be acceptable unto God because you already know. And so that was a question that was asked this morning. Um, and are we spirit? Is God a spirit or is he a person? Now, God can manifest himself. And God can manifest himself. And he has done that several. And we read throughout the scripture that several times God has manifested himself physically and have eaten food and we'll just join us on wednesday 7 p.m as we are in the book of genesis let's we believe the bible is the word of god therefore we are faithful we're bold we believe i believe i personally believe and, and i hope you feel the same I, matter of fact, I know all believers, those that are sanctified, those that are, are, are presenting their bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Let me just read that one more time. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we're faithful. We're bold. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. And so, again, one of, at this time, we're going to have our opening scripture, and then we're going to go further into the word of God. Psalms 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like the tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, 
His leaves shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff, which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in, judge, in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Acts 2, 46 and 47. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. Oh, magnify the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. Oh, magnify the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. Hosanna, blessed be the rock, blessed be the rock of my salvation. Hosanna, blessed be the rock, blessed be the rock of my salvation. Something on the inside. Working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Is he at work? Something on the inside. Working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Hosanna. Hosanna. Blessed be the rock. Blessed be the rock of my salvation. Hosanna, blessed be the rock, blessed be the rock of my salvation. Oh, magnify the Lord, for oh, he is worthy to be praised. Oh, magnify the Blessed be the rock, blessed be the rock of my salvation. Hosanna, blessed be the rock, blessed be the rock of my salvation. Amen. I just wanted to sing a, a little bit of that song, just a little bit of it. Blessed be the rock of my salvation. We're going to. We're going to go on into the word of God. Thank God for his goodness. It is, it has been some kind of week of restoration, you know, in so many different areas. Certainly thank God for being um, up this morning and with a reasonable portion of health. And certainly we want to remember uh, as we go into a word of prayer, we want to remember all of those that are in their, in their respective places. We know that what's going on in the Middle East 
Um, we know what is happening, you know, and so we don't want to ever forget about praying for others. And so with that being said, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your kindness and grace. We thank you for your mercy. Lord God, you woke us up this morning. You've given us a reasonable portion of health. Lord God, and we thank you and honor you for your kindness. We honor you, Lord God, for what you have done in our lives as well as what you're doing. Lord God, and we pray and ask that you remember, Lord, each one that is calling upon your name as they're preparing for service near and far. Lord God, we pray and ask that you remember uh, your people, Lord God, that are in the midst of battle right now. Lord God, we pray and ask for it that, you, Lord God, that you would bless them, Lord God, and Lord, you know the, the, the thoughts that are in their mind, you know what's in their heart. Lord God, you know and understand all things. We don't, we cannot even imagine what is what is going on, Lord God, as things are being reported, but you do. You know exactly what is happening, Lord God, and you're the, the greatest comforter that we have. We don't know, Lord God, and, and so we, man, Lord God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, and we just pray and ask, Lord Jesus, that you would bless Lord, we know that your word is fulfilling all around us, that prophecies are coming to pass and the impact of your prophecies, Lord God, are so uh, that we don't, we can't even begin to describe those things and or even what to expect. We may verbalize it because we read it, but we really don't know. We really don't know what to expect emotionally, Lord God. And so we pray and ask that you would bless the ministers, bless uh, people that are present on uh, ground zero, Lord God, in different places, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's continue to hold up the the, the, the Lord and, and also that souls would be saved. You know, at the end of the day, it is about soul salvation. It's about the soul salvation. And so um, no matter where you are, no matter what happens, no matter how it happens, sometimes we don't think about how it's going to happen. We don't know how things are going to happen. We just know that it's it will happen. It will happen. And so when it happens, then, you know, um, how is going to impact us mentally? How will it impact us emotionally? You know, physically, we don't know. But preparedness of your spirit is of the utmost Preparedness of our spirit, man, is of the uttermost importance, it's of the uttermost importance. And there's a whole lot that can, uh, cannot be said or cannot be said. Let's stick with that because we don't understand some things. And so um, that's important to know, too. We can look and say, well, you know, the Bible said that. And yes, and I will tell you what the Bible says, but. But how we how we deal with it emotionally, mentally, and physically is something else. And we'll kind of, matter of fact, we're gonna touch on that this morning. Um, and I, I didn't relate that, or even in that, in that my thoughts are now has shifted into a certain area. But I didn't think about that until just now. So let's direct our attention to Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians. And while you're turning there to Second Corinthians, 
the uh, first verse. We're going to start at the first verse. I want to encourage you to continue to, to pray for us. as we are praying for you and um, you know, we, we hit some snacks this morning and I like telling you what goes on because people don't know, you know, behind the scenes, there are things that are going on as you prepare for service. The computers were not acting right. You know, they chose that they didn't, there was a charge that things didn't charge properly as they should have charged under normal circumstances. And, you know, but it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. Uh, I was driving up the freeway on my way to a service uh, last week and I was talking to the Lord and I, I told him that I won't stop. I won't stop. I will not stop. Now, God knows what I'm talking about. Have you told the Lord and re? assured him of your commitment to him. We need to do that. We, we want God to be so committed to us. Lord, are you, you committed to me? Committed to me. And this is what your word says. Your word says this. I, I, I take it that whatever it is, it likes you. <laughs> I'm committed. And we want God to be so committed to us. And, but how committed are we to him? And I was just reassuring him of my commitment to him. I'm committed to the Lord. And I hope you are committed as well. Now, you know what? Sometimes the preachers are going through. You think it's something else. They, well, look at that. The power is all over. No, it's that. Listen, listen. You would have to be here to understand what is, what is occurring right now. But listen. Mighty God, mighty God. And so let's assure God of our commitment to him and let's stick with it. Now, the Lord said this about, about Abraham. He said when, he, when they were going down to Sodom, the angels, the angels that accompanied him, the servants of the Lord, as they were going down to Sodom and Gomorrah, um, God stayed behind the judge of the universe. And that's what, that's what Abraham called him, the judge of the universe. And, and as they were making a way, he said uh, to the angelic beings that were, he said, uh, and I'm, I'll paraphrase it. Um, I'm going to tell Abraham uh, what's about to occur because he's going to charge his family and command his family to follow my word. It, can God testify and say that about you this morning? When you go home today, Will you lift up a standard when you return home or when you leave and come? Are you going to lift up a standard that when people come into your home, they know what to expect when they're around you, they know what to expect. And I don't mean that you're swinging the word like a hammer and beating everybody up. They know that you have a relationship with God and because your relationship with God, it dictates your actions. It dictates what you will and what you will not do. All right. All right. I, I believe everybody have the scripture. And so I'm going to start reading. You have the scripture? You have it? Second Corinthians uh, 12, 1 through 4. Now, uh, our children, they can pull down apps. 
and they know just what to do. So let's teach them how to use their devices for uh, for Bible study as well. And, and so um, but we, we're not against having your devices in service. Matter of fact, we use our devices in service. And uh, you might have heard me tell sometime that you ought to text that a part of a message to somebody or to everybody. And so, man, I'm just I'm excited about the Lord this morning. I have a lot that I want to say. You know, we have our Pentecost service that we're preparing for that's coming up. And we've been putting that together. The, the team is working diligently to make sure that that everything is right. We're going to have registration and and everything that is going to be online. The program and everything will be online and lined up um, sooner than later. And so if you are in the Los Angeles area and within the, you know, the L.A. County or Riverside County or San Bernardino County, we want you to come out and join with us on that particular day um, that will be announced soon. We have the dates and everything planned out. But when we start making that announcement and uh, that's May 30th, 31st and June 1st, you know, we want you to be part of that. We want you to be present and um, and enjoy what the uh, the praise and worship that is going to go on at that time. So there's more to come on that, and you're going to he keep hearing us talk about that, uh, you know. And it's going to be live fed and everything. Um, and, and so um, and so we're I'm very I'm very excited about it because it is something that is in my heart to do for the Lord. I, I'm about being about God's business and the souls of men. And so we've put together a way of doing that. Um, we'll have it posted on our on the church website. Actually, it's already posted on the website. If you go to uh, the church website, connectingtruth.org, you will see that we have uh, there is called wearables. And this is something that I've been involved in before I got into computer programming. Uh, I was into uh, ventured and dabbled a little bit in graphic design and um, have done numerous, a few conventions and entities as far as uh, items and stuffs and items in the stores, you know, and so that has been, when I said revive or restore, that has been restored. So if you go to connectingtruth.org and go down to the link where it says wearables by Pastor Carl Henderson, you'll see what I'm talking about. And, and so we appreciate your support and all support is certainly for the ministry. All right. In the book of Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians, the twelfth chapter, beginning at the first verse. You got it. Okay. <laughs> beginning at the first verse, we we've been having we've been having a, a laughable moment this morning, all the way here, uh, just laughing about a few different things, just going crazy, you know, with with the kids and stuff, and talking about. Uh, I'm just going, I, well, I can't, I, I don't think I should say that word. Um, should I tell them? <laughs> no, you want to laugh right now. No. All right. You know, just talking about different things that are natural that occurs within the body, you know, and I, everybody do it, male, female, you know, and it's a blessing that you, that these functions occur in the body. And, and so, but we're not going, I won't say it. All right. All right. Listen. First, second Corinthians, I'll tell you face to face. I won't say it over the air. Second Corinthians 12, one through it says, it is not expedient for me doubtless to glory. 
I'm not going to glory in this thing. And I, I'm going to really take my time and hammer this. I needed this myself as well. The preacher needs the word too. And we just came out of our leadership conference and God bless. And the minister needs the word. It is not expedient for me to dollars to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. Whether in the body, I cannot tell. Or whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. Such a one caught up in the third heaven. And I knew such a man. Whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. How that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for man to utter. Of such a one will I glory, and yet of myself I will not glory, but in my infirmities. Let me read that again. Of such a one I will glory, yet myself I will not glory, but in my infirmities. Maybe you have an infirmity this morning. You have some sort of affliction. There's something going on with you and you don't understand what it is. It could be physically, it could be emotionally, it could be mental, it could be financial. There's an infirmity. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth, but not I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be or that he heareth of me. And least I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh. That thorn in my flesh was a messenger of Satan to buff it, to buff me, least I should be exalted above measure. For this thing, I besought the Lord thrice. I went to God repeatedly about what was happening, that it should depart from me. And he said, he went to God, and he said, God said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I need you, if you will, you should underline this, highlight it. Make note of it. He said unto me, my grace is sufficient. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul replied and said, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory 
in my infirmities. Everybody is not glorying in their infirmity, what they're dealing with. Some people have thrown in towel. Some people have said, okay, well, I, I quit. I, I'm just going to stop right here. That's enough. Others have looked and said, well, you know, God must not be with you since you're going through all of that. Mm-hmm. Preachers said it. People said, you know, instead of reaching out to be of some assistance, they will uh, criticize. Well, God ain't with you. He ain't with you. You don't have what I have. You don't look like I look. We'll get to that. Paul said, I would rather glory in my infirmities. What's going on with me? I, I, I rather, because of what I have received from God, because what have been placed upon my life, uh, there's a need. God saw a need as well. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. I take pleasure in reproaches. I take pleasure in necessities. I take pleasure in persecutions. I take pleasure in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, when I'm weak, when I'm weak, when you shouldn't be weak. Paul said, when I am weak, preachers, when I am weak, pastors, evangelists, bishops, archbishops, when I am weak, when I have felt, when I feel drained, when I feel exhausted, when I've done my best and I've reached to do better, when I have deplenished, then am I strong. This is why I was having a conversation to the Lord and I made the statement and said, I will not stop. I won't stop. I will not stop. Paul said, I, I press toward the mark of the high calling in Christ. He said, I press and I'm not going to stop until I've reached the goal, until I've reached what God has called me to do, until I've reached what God has, be, has called me to become. Now, this is what I think about. I don't know about anyone else. I can't speak for anyone else, but this is where I've arrived at. And this is what motivates me uh, in the spirit realm. This is what motivates me on day to day is that I say I know there is a destination and a place that God has for me to arrive at. And it has nothing to do with what you see in front of your eyes. It has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with what you see with what I'm wearing. It has nothing to do with what you see that's going on with me naturally or spiritually. Uh, it has nothing to do with what you see. But it is 
based upon what God sees and where he wants me to be. Let that marinate for a moment. It's where what God wants you or where he wants you to arrive at. There's a place that God wants you to be in. You have to give some thought to that. And that is a relationship that is nurtured within the relationship that you have with God. So this morning, I, as a thought, I just want to talk about his grace made it happen. His grace made it happen. If you're struggling with something right now, I want you to know that his grace will make it happen. His grace, his grace, God's grace. Grace has been defined uh, as unmerited favor of God. Defined as the reason we escape a few things. Well, I, I had grace, I had mercy. You know, the judge was merciful. Uh, uh, so we think, we think we escape, but understand we haven't escaped from anything. The Bible tells us that. There, no one escapes their actions. Galatians 6, uh, 7 through 9 tells us this very plainly. It says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, whatever you do, that shall you reap. So if you do good, you're going to reap some good. If you do bad, you're going to reap some things that are going to come back and bite you. You know, bite your ankle, bite your calf, bite your buttocks. You're going to get bit by your actions. Something is going to happen. But if you do good, you're going to reap the good. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption because the flesh is corrupted. There's no good thing in our flesh. There's fun things. There's fun things. I can name a, a lot of fun things in our flesh. We have fun in our flesh. And we have fun with our flesh. Yes, and, and, and that was God's intention. That's why he said be fruitful. And he said to multiply. Uh, yes, and so... You know, there's fun that they have, but we know that the flesh also has been corrupted. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap everlasting life. And he goes on to say, and let us, you, 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 everyone that's listening, let us, all that believe, not be weary. As we deal with things, sometimes we become weary. When a person become weary, they want to stop. They want to lay down. They want to take a nap. They want to put hit the pause button instead of steaming forward. And instead of steaming forward, they want to maybe throw it in neutral for a moment and just coast a little while. He said, let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, in due season, we shall reap 
if we faint not, if we don't stop, if we don't hit the pause button, there is a season that is going to come. I never thought we would enter into this particular season. I didn't see it uh, until a few years ago. I remember that uh, some many years ago, uh, there was uh, a prophet. We were at a service and, and we still in fellowship with the church, but um, we were in one of the services and one of the prophets, they spoke and they said, uh, they said, and all that you deal with and all that you don't see and all that you don't have, God has stored up for you many souls. Yo, yo, the ministry that you have is bigger, much larger than what you can imagine. And this is what I received out of all that was being said. And I when I didn't get it in that moment, but over the years that have passed, I've come to an understanding because there are more there are more souls that I that we have reached um, in this season than we ever have. Bless you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mighty God. Mighty God. Someone asked me, they said, what is the church about? It's about souls. And that's what God God is about souls. He's about souls. Yes. And so we're about souls, the saving of souls, not the harvesting of the souls and not the fleecing of the souls. But we are about the saving of souls. And so whatever I can do, I was talking with one of the pastors. I said, when you move into your building, they're moving into a new building. I'm like, OK, well, just let me know so that we can gift you with with uh, what you need to go out witnessing with and we'll be there to go out witnessing with you and inviting people to church and letting them know that you're in the neighborhood, that you're in the community. Uh, bless your Lord God. It's about souls. It's not limited to your geographical location. So we don't faint, but we press forward. I could define grace this morning as the help I need when I don't know what to do. The help that I need when I don't know what to do. I can define grace this morning as the hand that helped me when I felt down and left alone. Because when you get into ministry, sometimes you might feel a little down. Sometimes you may feel left alone. I can Describe grace as the substance that is needed to make things happen. Now, when I say it made it happen, I'm talking about within the individual. Paul was dealing with himself when God said, my grace is sufficient. Paul was not dealing with others. Paul was not dealing with the needs of others. He was dealing with, I need help. God, help me. Lord, what is what is going on in my life? Make it stop. Make it stop. Make it stop. How many times have you prayed? Now, maybe you didn't use those words, but you said, Lord, make it stop. And the Lord told him, my grace is 
sufficient. Sometimes we need some grace to make it through the day. We're just trying, we got up, didn't want to get up, but we got up. We got up out of obligation because, because we needed to scramble some eggs and throw some cheese on it, you know, and make something for, the, for, for people to eat, the kids to eat and stuff. Or maybe it was just going to be pouring some milk in, some, in a bowl of, of Cheerios or, or something, you know, some Wheaties or cornflakes, whatever. You got up to make some biscuits. You got up out of obligation to get ready for work. You didn't want to, but you did. Sometimes we need some grace to make it through the day. When you say, Lord, help me. Help me. Maybe that's all the words that you have. Or maybe it just might be help. There's no other, nothing else added to it but help. You're asking him to step into the situation. And I don't need to ask if you've ever been there, because I know we all at one time or another, and if you keep living, you'll, you'll arrive. When you can't figure it out, there are some things that I just cannot figure out. There are some things that I have prayed about and I can't figure it out. Some things I've read about and I can't figure it out. It's just an equation that just that I need a bigger brain for. And the only one that has that brain power is God. And so you may be saying, God, I need some help with this equation. I need your help to, to line things up. I need your help to put the things in the order that I want them in. You know that you've been careful and, and it doesn't appear to be enough. You need things to, uh, to, uh, to yourself and you've directed a message to God asking for help. You like the psalmist. The psalmist said, in my distress, I called upon the Lord and I cried unto my God. He heard my voice. I know God heard me, but he didn't, he didn't move right away. Now in the psalmist, we read, uh, this is a fantastic testimony. I, I cried in my distress that I called upon the Lord and, and he, and my cry entered uh, into, and, into the temple and my cry came before him, even into his ears. But he did not say how long it took him to cry to the Lord. He did not say that it was overnight. It may have been a day. It may have been three days. It may have been a month. It may have been six months that he had been going forth crying unto God. Sometime in our situation, we're crying out to God, Lord, move it. Lord, move the situation. Lord, take it away. Lord, touch this. Lord, do that. Oh my God. And the list goes on and on and on. And God is saying, why? We have not had this much conversation until this moment. So I think I'm going to allow it to linger for a while till you get the message. And until you start calling me more than when you need help. When you start calling up on me more, that's not for everybody, but I know that I just touched on a few shoe sizes. I know. Listen, 
Whether, oh, bless your Lord God. Whether it is self-inflicted or sometimes an attack, someone attacking, it causes stress and we cry unto the Lord. An episode, a discussion, and our men's focus group. When we, we had our men focus group, and, and, and men focus still exists. One of our, our episodes was a solid sound. It's a silent, there's a silent sound that goes on, and that is when men cry. It's a sound that you rarely hear. Yes, you rarely hear this particular sound. But if you're listening, and it takes a careful ear to hear it, if you're listening, you'll hear men cry. The symptoms are all around you, ladies, gentlemen. The symptoms of when men cry. There are things that identify. I'm not talking about dry tear stains on the front of our face or nothing like that. No. But if you listen carefully, you'll know. And especially those that are married. Ladies. Those symptoms. Well, he should talk to me. He will talk to you. But there is a particular approach that is required in order for him to talk to you because of his nature, because of what has been introduced to him, what his upbringing has been. You already know how to deal with him as you wouldn't be married. But there are more once you married into uh, and you, there's more to reach for in nurturing that relationship. By now, you should know how to read that man. Just as you want him to, he shouldn't re-understand me. Well, just like you want him to understand you, you must understand him. And so there is a silent sound that sometimes we don't hear where the male is dealing with the stress of life and dealing with things and dealing with situations. It could be something that's been provoked at work. It could be something within the relationship. It could be something that he's trying to figure out and dealing with the kids. It could be something where he feels inferior based upon a number of reasons. And so in the silence of things, you know, there used to be a song uh, back in the day, you know, if you've listened to some OG uh, cuts and for the and this is for those that are not so sanctified that that, that they never heard um, ABC or uh, they never heard um, you know any of they never heard of the temptation the OJs or nothing like that they don't know nothing about Earth Wind a Fire or Michael you know they they don't know they so sanctified now they've forgotten all that stuff but I haven't yeah I haven't forgotten I know the Isley Brothers and so many others Amy and uh, you know and, and different uh, artists that. Listen here, there was a song where they say, I wish it would rain because when it rained, I would go outside in the rain. And as the raindrops are falling, my tears are falling and no one would never know that I'm crying 
So when he went back in the house, it just looked like, okay, well, you know, he got caught in the rain and his face is wet, you know. But it was that silent cry. It was a silent sound that not to be heard dealing with the care. Listen, let's go on here. You have to know when to give that man a moment and then usher him into using the innate nature that God has equipped you with. And you, you'll find that in Genesis, the, the, the second chapter in the 18th verse, uh, the Lord looked and said, well, you know, this man, he's going to need to help me. And I'm going to stop right there with it. That innate nature. The apostle Paul, like you and I, was acquainted with grief. He was acquainted with, with stress. And I know Jesus was too, but we're, not, we're talking about Paul. We're talking about somebody that, uh, that, was, that was saved like you are, that needed to be saved, that needed some help in this moment. Paul said I, I, he was acquainted with the distress. The Bible said they are, uh, he was talking about the ministers. He said, I'm a fool for, for Christ. And you might look at, at some of the pastors and, and say, you're a fool. You put up with that. You're a fool. You know, you may not word it that way, but you're going to say, but you'll word it other ways to say that, that if I was you, I wouldn't deal with that. I ain't going to be a pastor because of the mess that they put in the stuff that they have to deal with. You got to deal with us's. You're dealing with us's and there's no perfect people. So we're dealing with imperfection all the time, including that which is imperfect within us as we strive to make it in. And so an imperfect don't mean sin. Oh, my God. It don't mean that you're running around sinning. It just means there is there is uh, the Bible said my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And so just getting us to a point of certain knowledge so that we can be about this life makes a difference. Paul said, I, I speak as a fool. I am more in labor, more abundant. I'm, I'm handling it. I'm going after this. I am pressing in stripes above measure in prison, more frequent. I, I have gone through some stuff of the Jews. I've been beaten. I, I have been uh, uh, handled with a rod and, you know, beaten with a, um, uh, with different items, all in the service of ministry. That was in that day that he was beaten physically. We're beaten with words. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words would never stop because those words do hurt. And those words have followed us in our lifetime. Those words stay with us. And we remember words that were said to us even as a child. Paul served in the ministry. He said, I'm a fool for Christ because of my experiences with God. I cannot turn back. I've been thrown in prison. I've been in a, a, in a cell, house arrested. I've, I've, I couldn't even go to the bathroom uh, for, for poopology. I couldn't even go because uh, there would be a bunch of guards all around me watching what I do because they knew that the power of God, they've heard about how God had delivered saints. They heard about how there's been escape, uh, not because of someone breaking through a wall, but because of the power of God. You ever notice that when God uh, allowed John and them to exit the jail, he didn't break down the wall. He just opened the doors up. 
the chains just fell off and they walked out. Listen, he was thrown in prison, beaten, stoned, left for dead, left for dead. He was left for dead. However, they should have checked his pulse. Sometimes people look at you and count you out. Say it's over. It's done. The enemy may be looking at you, trying, counting you out, saying it's done. Pat, it is done. Brother, it's done. Uh, he didn't, he didn't count you out. One, two, three, ten. And counted you out. Not knowing that your pulse was still, that you were still vibrating. Your heart was still throbbing. There was still a spirit of life in you. He didn't know it. He didn't check your pulse. Bless your Lord. God kept you alive, kept you going for this very reason. His grace kept your heart beating so that you could be here and give and receive another word from the Lord. When the enemy could have, would have, should have, God's grace kept you and is keeping you even in this moment. When you face with the situation, when things seem rough, just know that God's grace is yet there. Now, uh, my computer kept trying to, to correct me as I was typing. Uh, you know, I, I was telling the computer, I was typing the line, saying, uh, God kept me. And he did. God kept me. God kept you. This is why you're here, even in this moment. But my computer was kept trying to say, God has have kept you. Come on, let's correct it. God have. No! When I get to talking about God, God kept me. I want to make it plain. I want to make it simple. I want you to understand it. Whether I use slang, whether I say it improperly, I, I know you get it. And, and sometimes that's what we need to make it stick. Uh, we, we need to step out of what we consider to be a normal phase of things and step outside the box of things and, whew, bless your Lord God, it sticks. That's why you look at TV and you see commercials and the commercials are all crazy. And you're like, why did they do that crazy commercial? Oh, I hate that song on that commercial. And now you can't get it out your head. There, there's a termite commercial song. That I, I, I even mute the radio when I know they're getting ready to sing it. But the song has stuck in my head. And that was the intent of it. So sometimes we... Uh, God does things a certain way so that it sticks with you. Bless your Lord God. It sticks with you instead of you uh, trying to follow that way. God takes us. I'm going to say he takes us off script. Yeah, let's put it that way. Uh, God takes us off script. I feel you, Lord. Uh, God takes us off script of things so that it sticks with you. I need you to understand something here. I need you to understand that, that, that our infirmities is God causing it to stick with you. What we deal with and when God speaks up and, and says, my grace is sufficient, I'm not moving it because I want this to stick with you. And then you begin to function 
in that moment. You begin to function in that capacity. You begin to function in that path. Even though you are dealing with issues, you are still functioning for the Lord Christ. You're still functioning. Mighty God. You're still functioning as you should. Matter of fact, it causes you to press even more because now you're pressing past the pain to get the will of God done. You're pressing past the thing that would, that would once hinder you so that you can move forward in God and become what he has called you or what he is calling you and what you will become in him. You, you got to press past those things. Uh, oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> I, I'm reminded of, of that saying that, that when you feel pain, when you feel pain, uh, all you're really feeling is, is that as you become stronger, let me, let me put it this way, and I may be saying it incorrectly, but I think you'll understand what I'm trying to say, is that the pain you feel as you become stronger is weakness leaving the body. Yes, right, there you go. The pain you feel is weakness being identified. It is a weakness that you are now pressing past. And once you get past that, it's no longer a weakness. It's a strength. When you realize it, it becomes a springboard for you to bounce off of. It becomes something that elevates you to another. I, I, I was watching the game the other day and, and I was like, man, and I, I'm just sitting there and I'm just amazed at these 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 as they're playing football as they're playing sports and and how they have worked the weakness and i didn't think about that till just now i'm thinking about it right now as they have worked the weakness out of the body i i was watching the game and i said man if i got tackled like that you know my 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 my, my thigh muscles my my all my muscles would be all aching right now and i'd be in all kind of pain and i don't even think an ice bath would help they would have to rub me down and stuff i'd be all knotted up but they work past that and as god is working on us uh, he's working those things out in us so that we are past those things after a while god has worked things out in you and in, in such a way that that it don't matter what somebody say because you're past that and you know what God has called you to be. You know who you are in Christ. So it don't matter what, what the enemy and how he sends others. Uh, because we're not dealing with the flesh. We're not dealing with the flesh. We're not dealing with, with the flesh. Let me say that again. We are not dealing with the flesh. The Bible says we don't war after the flesh. The flesh wars against the spirit. The flesh wars against our spirit. Our own flesh wars against us. But we're warring against spirits. This is a spiritual battle. And when you get past one, Paul said there was Satan came to buffet me. Came to buffet me so that I wouldn't get a big head. 
that sometimes God has to let us get bumped around so that we don't get that big head. This is what Paul was dealing with. Listen, the Jews, those that said they believe, those that said they I stand, that once stood with me, beat me up, stoned me. Then he said, I was shipwrecked, lost in space or the ocean or the sea, however you want to term it, floating around, hoping and not knowing what would happen next. All he had was a word from the Lord. We used to sing a word from you. I just need a word from the Lord. You know, we used to sing that melody and he, uh, all he had was a word. Paul was not just holding on to a plank of wood. He was not just holding on to a barrel. He was not just floating on to something else that floated. Paul was holding on to the word of God. There was others that was floating around too. Ah, glory, bless your Lord God. There was others that was floating around too and they didn't have a word from God. They've been shipwrecked. They've been out in the deep and after a while because they did not have a word. They sunk under. They just said, well, I might as well let go. This is it. Paul held on. He said, I got a word from the Lord. I'm not going to perish. I'm not going out like this. You need to know you're not going out like this. I've got a word from the Lord. And if I can't depend on God's word, there's not a word in this universe that I can depend on. I must depend upon the word of God because he said heaven and earth would pass away. But my word is going to stand. The word of God is going to be here when everything else is good, said and done. Paul said, I have to hang out with robbers. Saints, you need to know how to act no matter who you with, who you're around. You need to know how to act. You need to know how to conduct yourself no matter who you are around. He said, I was around robbers. Even among my own countrymen that wanted to do me harm. I was with people that locked up, locked down, that and in perils with heathens and 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 in the city, no matter where in the wilderness. I, I couldn't somebody was watching me wherever I went. Wherever I was. I was exposed to danger. But God said, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient even in your, oh, bless your Lord God. When the enemy comes at you and tell you, you know, that, that you might not have, you, you ain't got that. But you know you, you holding tough with God. And, and he going to come at you. He came at Jesus, so you're not exempt. When he, when he comes telling you that you ain't all that, when, when he comes telling you ain't doing, you ain't doing nothing, you know, you, you know, I, I was talking to, to folks and, and they, they were saying, well, you know, what's the purpose of going out witnessing and talking to people and they don't come to church because God said, do it. He said, go out and compel them. And so if that didn't work, try something else. If that didn't work, try something else, but you don't stop. God said, keep going at it. And that's what we do. We keep going at it because God said to do it. He said to do it. And because he said, do it, then that's what we do. He said, go. Go. He said, go. Now, any other people, you tell them to go, they're going to look around and be ready to sprint and take off and go. 
I like in the movies where 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 they where they give an order and then they say, do it now. I'm like, well, the people are already moving. They were going to do it now. Does God need to tell us do it now over and over again? I think not. I think we all got the message and got that big giant geo that I just yelled out. Listen, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna close. I'm I'm gonna start. Let me wind down here. Paul wanted he wanted out of his immediate situation, like so many of us. He wanted out of the immediate situation, out of the circumstances. He wanted to be out of it. He wanted out. Lord, get me out of this. And God said, nope. Mm -mm. Because of the revelation, because of the knowledge, because of the prayers that was sent up, because of the understanding of his word, because of what God had instilled in him and what he would become and what he was becoming and what he would be. God's grace made it so that in his situation, in the situation that you're in right now, in the situation that I'm in, in the situation that you find yourself in, in the situation that others look at, in the situation that you feel, in that situation, God is saying, my grace, what I have to offer to you is enough to help you in this moment. It's enough. Let me say that. What God is offering to you right now in this moment is enough to carry you through what you're dealing with, whatever it is right now, whatever it is, put your mind on it right now. I, I had to know this for myself and I don't talk about what I don't know for myself. I've learned not to do that. I've never been one to do it, but I've learned by watching others. Don't talk about what you don't know. But I can talk about this for myself and where I've been and what I've been through and what God has done for me. And when he said, my grace is enough, my grace is enough. And when I look back, when I look back at the lifestyle, when I look back at yesterday, when I look back at yesteryear, when I look back at a few months, and I think about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord, your grace has been carrying me. You've been, you've been working with me all this time. And, and it's not that uh, I, I needed to identify it correctly. Now we might identify some things, but there are sometimes we identify, but then we don't categorize it correctly. We don't put it in the right perspective. When I look back, I'm like, oh my God. Lord, you, you've been you've been you've been orchestrating this the entire time. And and, and I get if if I had not went through that, I would not have done that. And if I would not have done that, I would not have had the results of this. His grace is sufficient. That's so why Paul said in my infirmities and what I what I deal with was going on with me. And, and it was needful for him to suffer those things. 
Just like in the things that you may deal with, it is needful for you to suffer those things. It was needful. And Paul said, in my infirmity, now I'm going to look at what I'm dealing with differently. And that's where our comfort, that's where the comfort, that's where the peace comes in at. That's where the joy comes in at because you start to look at it differently because you understand that in this situation, God is working something out in me. In Paul's situation, God was working something out. God was preventing him from going into a certain path. Well, he didn't have to afflict him to do it. Yes, he did. That's why it happened. Well, what, 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 how do you know that? Well, because the word of God said it. The word of God said it right there in the seventh verse. At least I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. Preachers, ministers, evangelists, let me, let me stick with the fivefold. Uh, apostles, Paul, apostles to the Gentiles, apostles, preachers, teachers, evangelists. Um, listen, it was given to him a thorn in the flesh. The messenger of Satan, not Satan himself, it says the messenger, a demon, was there to buffet him. So that meant there was always a resistance. There was always something, a reminder there to keep him where God wanted him to be, even though God was taking him someplace. And I want you to note that throughout the, the message, I've been talking about God taking you someplace. That, that there is a place that God wants you to arrive at, and then there's a place he wants you to be at. And, and so in that, you need to understand that God has to, he has the tools to get you to where you need to be. It's not just about your prayers that, Lord, uh, I, I want to do your will, make me what, uh, what you want me to be. But Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. You, you need to understand that. We are who we are by the grace of God. It is his grace that is in place with us, no matter what we are dealing with. Finances, grace is still there. Emotional, grace is still there. Mental, grace is still there. Physically, grace is still there. Pastor Adirana dealt with all of those. Financial, emotional, mental, physical. Am I missing anything? Okay. It's still there. Grace is still there. And you have to recognize the grace that is there. God's grace is present. It's present in this moment, in this season. Let's stand. Wherever you are, wherever you are. I mean, if you're driving, yeah, no, you can't stand. If you at work, you can't, you can't do anything. Don't stand at work, you know. If you are wherever you are, whatever place you're, you're at, his grace is sufficient. And you need to recognize and understand his grace. I was praying, Lord, Lord, you got to help me in this. And, and I'm not talking about yesteryear. I'm talking about recently. Lord, you got to help me in this. And I kept hearing 
the Lord speak to me. And I, in my mind, I was like, no, no, no. I, you know, you want to sometimes we want to rebut, you know, but no, and I realized, no, let me stop. Let me not rebut that because, you know, uh, because oftentimes we'll grab a scripture and we try to fit the scripture into into the puzzle piece and, and it don't fit. It really don't fit. And God has to give you the right piece to, to fit there. And, and so I, I'm and, and I kept hearing and I said, OK, I, I get it. I get it. I, I get it whatever uh, all this that I'm dealing with right now, your grace is still there. Your grace is sufficient. You've given me enough of what I need in this season. You've given me enough of what I need and we don't need more because then, because we can't handle uh, sometimes we, we, what we're asking for, we can't handle too much of it. We, we don't need all of that, but what we do need is what God has given us right now. And he said, my grace. And, and so we have to depend upon the grace of God. And when I say depend, I'm not talking about, uh, I'm talking about recognizing his grace is there, his grace. You ought to be praying and thinking of God right now, thinking about whatever the situation, all eyes closed, except you drive and you have work, do not close your eyes. You know, his grace, God's grace is sufficient. God's grace. God grace does things that that nothing else. Paul said, I, I need some help here. I am I am physically attacked. Paul said, I, I, I'm, I am mentally, I'm being stressed out. I'm distressed. I, I'm, I'm full of anxiety. Stuff is, is bubbling over. I feel overwhelmed. And God said, my grace, my grace is sufficient. I've given you, you have, grace says, I yet have God's undivided attention in my situation. I don't know what to do, but God does. I heard Rebecca said, I'm going to stand, I'm going to wait. And when I am reproved of him, when I've been instructed, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to respond. Thank you, Lord God. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for this exhortation. Your grace makes it happen. Your grace provides us with the comfort that we need. Your grace helps us mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. Your grace is enough. Hey, glory. Hallelujah. Bless your name, Jesus. Your grace is sufficient. You've given us enough for our situation, for our situation, our circumstances, what we're dealing with. You have given us enough. Thank you. If we haven't said thank you enough. We blurt out the words, thank you so much without thoughtfulness. But Lord God, we're we're thinking about it right now. We're not just saying thank you for just to be saying it out of repetition. But we're saying thank you because we realize, <coughs> we realize your grace is enough to carry us through what we're dealing with. It's enough to help us in this season. Your grace is enough, Lord God. And so we want to thank you. 
We also want to apologize for not recognizing the significance of your grace. So often we overlook so many things. Lord God, forgive us. Help us, Lord God, to recognize. Help us to see it so that we don't make the mistake again. Lord, we honor you for your grace. We honor you, Lord God. Now, I just pray and ask, Lord God, that you would bless each one that is under the sound of my voice as they recognize your grace is enough in this moment, in this season. We'll be careful to give you praise and to give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Wonderful Savior. Lord God, we thank you, Lord. And we just bless you for your kindness. Ask that you continue to watch over and keep us, Lord God, as we prepare our hearts to leave this place, but not your presence. Lord God, we thank you for each one that took the time to, to join into the service this morning, Lord God, near and far those that are present, those that are listening through the uh, media. We honor you, Lord. We ask that you will continue to bless them as to strengthen their walk with you in Jesus name. Let the words of my mouth and, and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus, name. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.